A couple was going out one night, and the last thing they did before they left was put the cat outside. The taxi arrived, and as the couple walked out of the house, the cat shot back in. So the husband goes back inside to chase it again. The wife, not wanting the cab driver to know that the house was going to be empty while they were away, said, well, he's just uh, going upstairs to say goodbye to my mother. When he comes back a few minutes later, the husband got in the cab and he said, sorry it took so long, the stupid thing was hiding under the bed and I had to poke her with a coat hanger to get her to come out. The things that we try to hide come out, don't they? How many of you grew up Unitarian or Universalist or Unitarian Universalist? Not a hand. I mean, our children are in the other room. um, A large majority in this faith today have come from other traditions. Apparently, they've gone to visit their mothers in those traditions this Sunday. Um, We may have grown up Catholic or Baptist or Muslim or perhaps in no tradition at all. From wherever we started to get here, we've come a long distance. We've come a great distance because in getting here, we had to somehow separate from whatever that tradition was and walk into things that we don't know, things that are hard to question. We've had to leave familiar elders in some ways, and teachers, and even perhaps separate from our friends. Still, we cannot deny that those who have come before us in this tradition have brought us into a place that's solid ground to stand on. And the things that we got from those people that we learned from, we carry with us whether we recognize them or not. We carry so many aspects of our history that we're just kind of unaware of. They hide, I think it's like being accustomed to cooking with salt. If you're used to using salt when you cook, you don't really notice that it's there. But if you go someplace where there isn't salt, everything tastes really bland. And if you're used to not having salt and you go someplace where people do use salt, then everything kind of makes you want to shrivel up. Some of the things for which we have the least patience 
are the result of framing that we got when we were young. Things that we don't remember necessarily that shaped us. I was talking with a friend of mine who sends me sometimes links to recorded messages of a teacher that she's really fond of. And while I like a lot of what this teacher says, there's something in his tone that really bothers me. It reminds me in some ways of um, the president before this one. There's a, little, there's a little bit of aggressiveness and a little bit of condescension. And I, that might not be everyone's experience of that president either, but that's what I heard in his voice, and that's what I hear in these recordings. And so she said to me, maybe you need to think about or consider what it is that makes you have such a negative reaction to the way that this man talks. Well, I know exactly what it comes from, and my response is, well, maybe she should consider why it doesn't strike that in her. (laughs) But I know enough about our families to know that my father was not an aggressive person. There was nothing about him that people could construe as aggressive. He was successful. He was comfortable in public. Got along with just about everybody. I can't think of anyone he didn't get along with. But he was not aggressive. He did not ever talk to me in a condescending way. And in her experience, all of those things were a regular part of her family. Now maybe there's some other things to why I hear this man this way that I haven't considered that really are, you know, part of my stuff and I just haven't dug deep enough to get to them. But but those frames that we grow up in of what tells us the normative pattern, what sets the standard, we carry that with us. And we have no reason to question it unless we encounter something that sees it another way and makes us say, you mean everybody doesn't think that's right? I know an older woman who uh, grew up in a household where the father worked at night a lot. And so they were it was mandated to speak softly all the time when they were children. Her experience has led her to feel like any voice much above a whisper is yelling. She's very, very sensitive to sound. She's very, very sensitive to intensity or even enthusiasm.
but that's not her experience of that filter. She only experiences finding the world to be assaultive and pretty unkind. It's hard for us to imagine all of the filter sets that the people around us have. And we walk around with a whole lot of assumptions. Not meaning to, not intending to be exclusive or insensitive. But it's interacting with other people unlike us, with, with ideas and positions that we don't resonate with, that we begin to understand how somebody might come to a different conclusion than the one that we've reached. Somebody else raised in that same household as a child may have grown up in defiance of that quietness. They may have grown up to be boisterous and and loud and rambunctious and and, uh, with no respect for volume limits because our personalities play into it too. Our natures, our uh, inclinations. It's not just the environment. And I don't know that all of it's a choice. A lot of it is survival techniques. But almost any aspect of our experience is predicated on what we have come to understand as normal and acceptable. And I can assure you every person in this room is operating from a different set of rules. That's why it's important for us to recognize that our conclusions are based on our experience alone and those experiences that we have stretched enough to let in. Our challenge is to continually look on experiences before us with new eyes. Endeavor to penetrate the cocoons of fabric that wrapped us when we were developing. Crack through them. Find bigger spaces to fly around in. Henri Matisse said, to look at something as though we have never seen it before requires great courage. Yesterday I was in Lafayette at a Louisiana Coalition for Alternatives to the Death Penalty Gathering called Know Your Allies. Um, There were representatives from New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Alexandria, Pineville, Lafayette, Karen Crow, a number of faith traditions, and a lot of different kinds of organizations. Um, At that gathering, I had the privilege of sitting next to and visiting with, for a good while, Sister Helen Prejean. 
from dead man walking. Part of the time, part of our conversation was spent formulating what steps we might take in Caddo Parish, um, the highest death penalty incarceration rate in the world, to change the culture here regarding the death penalty. There are a number of Australians that have come to the, Uni- to the United States, particularly the South, after they have um, abolished the death penalty in Australia because the United States stands up and says, we are the moral high ground. We are the ones that set the standards for the world on freedom and justice And we are the only, and I think there may be one other, major industrialized nation in the world that still has the death penalty. The statistics show us that um, the death penalty doesn't deter murder. It's not less expensive It doesn't keep us safer. That's not what I'm here to talk about. One of the nuns, Sister Rose Vines, um, from Australia, was saying that when they abolished the death penalty, it, it became like living in a different, swimming in a different soup. What's enough changed? It changed the culture. I don't know where you are on that topic. I don't know your feelings about the death penalty. But something I know that we could do to change the culture that has to do with death row inmates is work to provide rides for family members here in Caddo Parish to visit their relatives on death row in Angola. We have more people on death row and send more people to death row than any other parish in the state. This state, this parish, incarcerates more people than any other parish in the state. This state incarcerates more people than any other state in the country. And this country incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. Therefore, Caddo Parish incarcerates more people than any place on the planet. At this gathering... Sister Helen Prejean said to me, we can always count on the UUs. The flip side of that is we are the only Unitarian Universalist church in this parish. What are we going to do about it? We're taking bold stands if we'll be bold in taking them. We speak about them in our conversations. We share these things about human rights, civil rights, personal rights, the dignity of every person.
And it's a big responsibility. We can't afford to be meek in that responsibility. If we would work for a more peaceful, healthy, responsible, and free world, we must seek justice. We must love mercy. We must learn to see the beauty and courage and heart in those around us that are not like us. We must become better at listening than we are at talking. Persuasion certainly has its place, but actions always speak louder than words. How many were taught that when you were a kid? (laughs) Or at least they tried to teach us. Maybe some of us were fortunate enough to have those parents, like the song that was the prelude, the strong women, the visionary, the unselfish, the wise role models who sacrificed in order to make what comes after them better. Maybe not. Maybe we found those role models elsewhere. Maybe we're being our own role models. But what kind of standards are we setting for those people who are coming after us? Can we foster one another? Can we continue to grow in our compassion and always speak from love? There's a quote from a guy named Wayne Dyer that was running around for a long time about it's never too late to have a happy childhood. I think that's a great attitude because we can alter those frames if we pay attention to them. We can change our experience of the world around us by being less postured against the world. If we simply continue learning how to be who we are, recognize that deep resonance within us that knows everybody is important. That's not afraid to lose what we have, but feels nurtured by sharing it. From wherever we started, we've come a great distance to arrive here today. While certainly there are many great trailblazers that have prepared the path and have traveled this way partway before, where we are now is new. This is uncharted. That presence about which we spoke earlier in the service permeates all space. The God of our understanding We cannot be separated from it. It is that in which we live and move and have our being. It is our divinity. It is our inheritance and calling and potential. I'd like to close with a quote from T.S. Eliot. 
We shall not cease from exploration. And in the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time.